0: Arthur uh, why did you become an interpreter
1: Okay I wish I could tell a very inspiring story about <laughs> it being my dream or something like that or being like a vocation or anything like that but it was kind of by accident in a way mm-hmm. I actually became a translator by chance I was unemployed I was working gigs at recording studios I was playing gigs as a musician, but not making any real money. And a friend of a friend who I met was a translator. We started talking and I bluntly asked her, Hey, how could I become a translator? I already speak English really well. I can write really well. How do I become a translator? And she actually just said, Well, I work for a few translation agencies. You should look for them. Here's their contact information. Tell them I referred you. They'll give you a shot. They did. I started working as an in-house translator. And after about two years or three years working as an in-house translator, one of the clients of the agency wanted me to go with them as an escort interpreter on a trip because I had translated all the materials for the trip, all the materials for their meetings and everything. So they wanted me. I had never done it. I was terrified. I still said, yes, I was like, OK, sounds good. Sounds interesting. I get to travel. I get to meet people. I get to work in something different. I'll do it. And I fell in love with it. I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. So I started looking for courses for what else I could do as an interpreter. How far could I get? And the more I did it, the more I fell in love with it. And that's the long and short of it. I started as a translator and became an interpreter because the opportunity came up to me and i decided to pursue it and fell in love with it how about you yelena how how did you come to be a part of interpretify
0: where uh, i have a pretty similar story to tell uh and when you were talking it was like you're telling something that i lived uh basically as an art historian I had okay. very limited um, options when it comes to paying job, okay. so yeah. <laughs> and then that. I was wait. yeah, <laughs> and then I was trying to find a job, and uh, I applied for a position of a remote support technician here in Interpify, and I got it. And I started working uh, in Interprefy and I I was so stressed out. Like that job wasn't that great for me because you needed to react fast. You know how our technicians are working. They are very uh, techie people who are just like resolving issues in uh, like four seconds. And I'm a slow, slow person and <laughs> yeah it was a dynamic uh, situation but after the best part of the job actually was chatting with interpreters this wow. is something that I loved and afterwards I applied to become a trainer I become a trainer and then I could do everything a bit slower in my okay. own pace i could teach someone something that was uh, close to me because now i understood platform that well and at the end uh i think the time here in interpify for three and a half years and two years as a trainer so yeah
1: okay that's very interesting i can, I can very much relate i when i was working in st- Studios, and, as a audio engineer or assistant, I hated it because of that pressure to solve things quickly, Yes. Yeah. especially working on live situations. I hated it. But the funny thing is, I thought I might hate interpreting too because it is also high pressure, but for some reason in my brain, two different kinds of high pressure the interpreting <laughs> pressure makes me feel good. The solving tech issues on the fly pressure did not, so I, I can't relate to
0: yeah i can understand that most of the interpreters have the same issue like uh, they, they adore interpreting and they really like to interpret like even if the sound isn't that great, but when they need to fix something on their end, uh, like in very short period of time or react fast while they're interpreting, and it's very uh, understandable that it's hard to do so. And in that case, it can be a quite uh, problematic thing to do, but that's why we have training sessions just so we can just help out people prepare for the worst because we are working in virtual surrounding. Anything might go wrong.
1: Yeah, that was a big switch for me and for a lot of interpreters, I think, from working on site to working remotely, working on site 99% of the time, if you have some technical issue, you're going to have someone coming in the booth, you're going to have someone fidgeting with the equipment in the booth or someone to help you with the tech aspect. But when you're doing remote, you're kind of on your own some of the time. Not all of the time, a lot of the issues the tech can solve. And that's one of the benefits of working with, for example, with Interprety instead of doing something over Zoom. With Interprety, we have a tech there with us. Sometimes with Zoom, there's no one there who can help us. But that was a big change, that having to be responsible for your own tech and having to do that on the fly. That was a, a bit of a learning curve.
0: Yeah, I can understand that, especially like, I I think that interpreters told me, no, I think, I know interpreters told me when they are working through Zoom and then when the Zoom didn't have the integration, you needed to have like two computers and a phone and work, uh, like it was a bit of a problematic situation for interpreters to deal with that. But when when they got to our platform, they were like, "Oh my God, this is so easy," <laughs> and it was easy for me to explain to them. Okay, you just need to click on this, and you just need to do this, and you are complete. You you did the relay, and right. or you you did, actually you 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 are hearing the relay, and you do the retour. So it's it's just that. But like when you need, uh, I think that like COVID didn't help interpreters in that uh, in that sense uh, that they were stressed out most of the time while learning. So I think that we needed to just like, uh, take some pressure out of them with our training here in Interprefy.
1: I got that. So what is your favorite part about your job as a, as a training specialist? What gets you excited about it?
0: Uh, an opportunity to help someone, you know? especially when you see that like most of the people who are now coming to the platform to have a training session with us they know what they're doing like we don't have that many interpreters who don't know how to open their laptop anymore but <laughs> these days it's it's getting better you like uh, interpreters worked with uh, many different setups so but it's always uh, a for me, it's always like something close to my he- heart to just help out someone with something. If I see that someone is having a, a problem understanding certain concept or just like it's a little bit st- stressed out with using this kind of equipment like i'm there to calm them down to help them out to prepare them to just like talk about uh different scenarios when when we are talking about training uh, and i I trained over 900 interpreters but when i say trained i uh i actually had a conversation with more than 900 interpreters right and like it's a two-way street. I'm getting knowledge from you and I'm giving you like a part of knowledge, actually something that you will need on your future event with interprofi So like I'm passionate about that, about exchangement of knowledge.
1: That's really cool. You're the people person of the tech side, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> and not just on the text side, like on the art history side too, because I really <laughs> like working with the general public and yeah, with with people. Yeah,
1: I get that. I one of the things that was one of my favorite things about going from being mostly a translator to being a translator and an interpreter and in working with interpretation in general was exactly that: having more of a chance to work with people, being part of meetings, being part of events, because translation can become a very lonely activity, I think, at least for me. I like it, I love it, but being there at your computer, at your own home office, day after day, translating can get a bit bit tiresome. And interpreting brings other people into the game. It brings that one-on-one interaction, that real-time interaction, that to me is one of the most fun parts of it.
0: But do you have some kind of story when you had like a, a very a people uh, experience on RSI platform, for example, like working with a partner remotely?
1: Yes, there there were actually a few events where it's not the same thing as working in person, but depending on who your booth mate is, who the colleague you're working with is, you can have some very fun very amusing interactions uh we had an event that had three interpreters in the booth per booth because it was a long event and i remember it was me anna and cecilia matos and i love working with them and what happened was on the breaks we would be chatting on whatsapp we had a zoom call before and after the event we had conversations we already knew each other So there was that kind of interaction, even if it's not the same thing as working in an in-person event, you do get a little bit more of that connection with someone. You do work more hand in hand, even if remotely with them. So that was one of my favorite events just because of that. That was a really, it was really great teamwork. We divided very well how we were working together who was taking each position what we were doing who would take each segment how we were supporting each other with technical terms or anything like that and we also were just talking as friends and colleagues and sharing stories and so on so it it was pretty good
0: and do you ever exchange knowledge about technology for example between interpreters are there conversation about like headsets about the things that we are always bothering you with
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot. I've uh I've exchanged a lot of recommendations on Tac with uh another Portuguese interpreter colleague, Amanda. She's the one who actually referred me to interpret to interpret that years and years ago. We have discussed Tac many times. We also have other conversations on software for to to improve any performance or how to best have things set up in terms of connection and i've had discussions on whether to use or not to use no break what kind of device to use and other tech related things as well Uh, if we need to record something i've taught a few interpreters how to use recording software and how to edit so they could send their clients or patch up something that wasn't that didn't go off too well during the live event and maybe the Client asks, oh, could you send a recording? And I've helped colleagues learn that. There's always that kind, kind of interaction. I think it's essential between professionals. Helping each other learn. I've had colleagues help me learn how to best use subtitling software. I've helped other colleagues learn that afterwards. And it's great to have that interaction, both in terms of hardware understanding. Okay, what should I be using? What headset do you like? I'm planning on buying right now a... I don't have a headset, I use a microphone and headphone, Mm -hmm. but I'm planning to buy a headset just for convenience and just for a backup. And I've been talking to interpreters, hey, which one do you like? Which one do you prefer? Why do you think that one's good? So it's it's really nice to have that interaction.
0: That is great to hear that you're talking about that too. (laughs) Yes. So if you could tell me one thing, I probably don't know about your job, what would that be?
1: OK. After you told me you've trained 900 interpreters and talked <laughs> to over 900 interpreters, um, I really doubt there's anything I can tell you that you don't know yet about our our job. You're well aware of something that you've mentioned that is we get can get really stressed when tech doesn't work and we have to fix it because we're already under pressure and A lot of interpreters are not tech savvy or tech minded. We, most of us come from a background in the humanities or something like that. So it's a challenge. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, you would get it. But uh, I think, I don't know if you get that, but I think people sometimes don't realize how exhausting interpreting can be. And I get that from clients. sometimes realize they don't understand that. They don't understand, well, why Why do you need two interpreters? Why do you need to switch over? Because our brains turn to mush. After a little while, it's really demanding. It can feel very exhausting. It can leave you drained at the end of the day. Not only due to the challenge of everything, because it's difficult. You're listening in one language, speaking in another. it Demands a lot of attention, but also it can be very emotionally taxing because sometimes you're talking about serious diseases. You're talking about people who have six months to live or you're talking about serious crimes or even during COVID. There was a lot of situations where we were talking about people losing their loved ones. So there is an emotional impact as well that I think people don't often realize that we have to deal with
0: and the other one we are talking about clients is there something that interpreters can do in order to educate a client how to act with interpreters are there any ethical code of interpretation a job that can be shared with clients. Anything that you think Interprofy would benefit of knowing, so we can maybe forward it to our clients. We are doing that uh, at this point. We created a couple of videos where we are explaining to them what kind of equipment they need to use, how to act, what they need. Like we often talk about what interpreters need from the technical side, but like we also do that for client side too. But is there anything that you would like to to share with me right now regarding uh
1: regarding that i think if uh enterprise sharing that with the clients that's a great start i hope you guys are looking at the the recommendations by the international association of an interpreters and uh by i think ata also has some guidelines that they've published there are the iso standards on interpreting but I think the main thing that if, we, if every client would be concerned with would already be great, would be to always use headset, always use the proper equipment, headphones, because that already makes our lives so much easier. When we get quality audio, preferably high quality, but even if, if we just get an audio that's clean, that's doesn't have echo, doesn't have background noise, that makes our life, our lives that much easier. So that would be the number one thing, but anything else that's in the guidelines by ATA or other international associations would be great to make clients mindful of. Thank you. <laughs> so what about you? Uh, what do you wish I would know, and other interpreters should know about your work that we might not know? <laughs>
0: that we really care and that we really listen. Because when you uh, come to the training um, that we are organizing for interpreters, you are there and you think, okay, just another training session. When is this going to be over? But we really want to offer you whatever you need in order to make your job less difficult. Uh, when you're working. And I think that our trainings are not good just for working with Interprefy. I think they're they are good generally. We prepare you even for different assignments. Like uh, right now, we, we I can't prepare you. <laughs> but for some interpreters that uh, haven't uh, worked on our platform or that they are not that... Um, So to say experience with RSI, in that case, we can just offer them a training where they have the overall preparation for any other platform on the market, not just ours.
1: Yeah, I I think that's wonderful. Uh, Definitely having the experience and the training from Interprefy helped me with all other platforms I've, I've used. Interprefy is still my favorite because I find it very intuitive and very easy to use. It's very simple. You just look at it and you can kind of figure out where everything is. And But it's great to hear that you do care and because it's easy, especially when we're just dealing with chat and just going quickly through training or even just before the event and rushing through things. Sometimes that gets lost and it's really like, for example, for me, I've had never had a conversation with you. It's really cool to see your passion about it and how excited you get about having that opportunity to teach interpreters and help us. So that is really something great to learn. And who knows, maybe interpretify in the future could host virtual Hangouts for the trainers and the interpreters. It could be a great opportunity for networking between the interpreters. That could be something really cool that interpretify could start doing, and having virtual Hangouts because uh, If you look at the Facebook page for uh, the Interprefy interpreters, there are people from all over the world. And it could be something really cool to have a chance to hang out with different colleagues, to hang out with trainers, with techs, and get to know each other a little better. It's kind of a culture building and team building exercise in a way, so to speak.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, an informal uh crowd, I don't know, like just hanging out with people. Yeah, because we uh, offer Q&A sessions, like, but those are recorded and like not many interpreters wants to go there. But I think that uh, part of it is because they they are busy, but uh, uh, no, I I think that also they don't want to be recorded. So something informal can be in place.